the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. Well, good afternoon to you, L.A., San Diego, and everywhere in between and all around. Great to be with you on this Friday afternoon on Southern California Live. I'm Donna Rush of KKLA's Morning Rush, and I'm sitting in this afternoon. So great to be with you. First of all, I just got to say... Woohoo! Way to go, Dodgers. Yes, yes, won that best of five National League Division Series last night against the San Francisco Giants. I know everybody's talking about it. Everybody's got on their jersey. I'm surprised Wilbert, our producer, he, he didn't wear his Dodger jersey. He had it on yesterday, though. So there you go. <laughs> yes, and so anyway, they made it interesting last night, though, didn't they? Yeah, they did end up winning, though, a two to one in the ninth inning. It's kind of exciting there. And so now on to the Braves. Yes, Braves. Uh, heading to that National League Championship Series, that game against the Braves, Dodgers and Braves, tomorrow night, 5.07 p.m. in Atlanta. So I know what I'm doing on my uh, Saturday night, I guess. <laughs> Boy, do we have just a great impact hour ahead for you. We've got some help with what's going on right now, with what we've been living with over the last 19 months, of course. And what's going on is increasing mental health issues, especially... In our young people, I don't know if you, uh, maybe as a parent or as an individual, have been experiencing this. Maybe you're seeing things in your children, things such as that. We're going to get some help with that uh, today on this program. So right now, I'm going to give you the number to call right now so you can jot it down in case uh, you want to call in early in case you have questions. The number is 888-528-528. 2557. That's how you can get in and join in the conversation concerning mental health right now. It's 888-528-2557. And that will get you uh, on the line here. Indeed, you know, the pandemic has just really has taken its toll, especially when it comes to our young people. There's some early findings Uh, from an international survey of children and adults. This was done in 21 countries. It was uh, conducted by UNICEF and Gallup, and they did this research, and they found that a median of one in five young people aged 15 to 24 surveyed said that they feel often depressed or have little interest in doing things. Wow, one in five. That survey also finds that 1.6 billion, now this was a, you know, 21 countries surveyed here, but 1.6 billion children have suffered some loss in their education. They've had disruption in their routines. Of course, we've all faced that. Um, recreation, you know, just the things they used to do, their, their athletic events or their dance classes or, uh, you know, whatever it was, playing on sports teams. As well as concern, they've had a lot of concern for family, the family's income, the family's health. And this is leaving many young people feeling afraid and angry and concerned for their future. All of this found uh, in this survey. And even just here right in the United States, a recent report came out that showed 140,000 kids here in the United States have lost a primary caregiver 
from COVID. That's pretty startling. And so these are just some things that have been going on. We're all living with this and all have experienced this in different ways. Of course, I know some more seriously than others. I have invited today to join us Debbie Dominguez. She is going to be with us this uh, this entire hour. She is a marriage and family therapist practicing out of Westlake Village, California since 2007. And she specializes in a lot of things, but really she's seeing a lot of people in anxiety, specializing in anxiety, and she's worked a tremendous amount with teens and young adults in particular always wrapped in a Christian perspective as well. She's a mom herself of three grown children and now two grandchildren too. And she is here to offer some wise counsel for us today in dealing with our mental health during our ever-changing pandemic times. And again, if you want to get your questions in on this topic, you can call in right now at 888-528-2557. That's 888-528-2557. Welcome, Debbie. Can you hear me? Really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, great. Yes, I am so glad. So glad you were able to join us. First of all, I I just wanted to ask you, what have you seen changes in your practice uh, here in Southern California over the last 19 months? What have you seen? Well, all of the things that you just mentioned um, in your introduction are true um, Mm -hmm. with the the, uh, missing, you know, gaps in education, and um, there's been social isolation and family loss. So mm-hmm. parents have lost jobs, so kids are more worried about finances and, and things like that. But um, I think anytime there's a lot of change in a short period of time for children and teens, and I think even for adults, mm-hmm. um, that's going to increase uh, anxiety um, because we usually are pretty routine creatures and so when we have things thrown at us uh, unexpectedly it can it can really cause disruption in our mood and and how we're um, handling our daily activities so I've seen a lot of the the teenagers that have been coming in they missed prom and they missed graduation Mm -hmm. and some kids missed like going to college you know their first year of college and living in the dorms and so there's been a lot of um, loss for them. Yeah. yeah. What do you, I, I know this is just a huge question, but what, what kind of things can we do to help? If we, if we see something perhaps in our child or our, our young adult, I mean, for me, I'm a parent with, with a couple of those young adults who did. They missed their college graduations, both of them. You know, it was just yeah. online, and one of them, they just got their, you know, degree in the mail, you know. So, <laughs> you know, hey, and as a parent, I kind of missed walk, uh, seeing the, either child walk across stage, you know. Uh, you know, so I guess we've all had these things. But what can we, what sort of things why, might we be seeing in our children or, or that, that we maybe need to address? What kind of things might we be seeing that might be so, for alarm? Mm-hmm. Well, some symptoms or things you would see um, would be in, in our children. Mm-hmm. And um, something else is actually coming up right now, just when kids are going back to school mm-hmm. and they've been online for as long as they've been online. Yes. It's been um, the adjustment going back. They've been doing, you know, like two and a half hours of school a day, and now they're yes. going back to a full day. And there's a lot of restrictions at school currently as well. So that's also 
you know, kids are adjusting to that, and it takes some time to do. Um, but some things you might notice as far as uh, changes would be if your children are having difficulty with concentration or there's any kind of uh, sleep disturbance or having bad dreams, um, eating changes, uh, if they're irritable or have out-of-control outbursts, things like that. Mm. Also, some kids will complain about stomach aches and headaches because they'll feel it in their body. Um, but And social isolation, like we talked about. And something that has really been interesting as well is is our our kids, our elementary kids, are starting to have more separation anxiety come up because they are, they've been used to having... Uh, their parents around and family around and and at home and so there's been an increase in separation anxiety as well. What can we do uh, when we're seeing this? Is there something that we can do to, um, you know, help them express what they're feeling? I mean, somebody has a stomachache or a headache. The first thing is a parent. You're going to go, oh my goodness, let me take your temperature. Oh, let's stay home from school today. You know, that would be the normal reaction, but that may not be what's going on at this point. So. What can we do in these situations, perhaps, to help them express what they're feeling? Well, I think it's important. I think for parents, it's important to to understand that, you know, the goal is not to eliminate all anxiety, but help our children manage it. Because mm-hmm. anxiety is something that we all learn to manage, you know, at some point, and... Um, and we really aren't going to be able to eliminate all of it. Um, so trying not to avoid conversations around anxiety, is, it's important to listen and, and keep an open mind um, and to set time aside to talk through some of that. And But when, when it's a calm moment, it's the time to talk about anxiety is not when or during, you know, a temper tantrum or an outburst. Mm. Um and you want to help them recognize the signs of anxiety. So when they come with a stomach ache or um, a headache or something like that, and you can ask questions about how they're feeling. Um, did something did something change for them? That kind of thing. Um, and and also to come up with maybe some calming activities like art or um, exercise or baking something that they enjoy doing. Um, and, and if they're a little older, and even young kids can learn, you know, deep breathing. And I think helping them understand the importance of self-talk. And sometimes we can, some of the things we tell ourselves are not, you know, we're not really, um, aren't necessarily true. Or there's mm-hmm. another perspective that we can try to um, to have as well. Mm-hmm. And I think long-term, if you think about this long-term, this is such an unusual time in history. I mean, our kids are going to have a story to tell at some point when we're on the other side of this more. You know, I think about the people that went through the Spanish flu, and they must have experienced a lot of the same things um, as far as just with with, um, loss and anxiety around finances and changes like that and they lived through you know a very unique time in history and and our children are too and so maybe you know they they will 
be able to have that story to tell someday as well. Maybe even pointing that out to them that this isn't going to be forever. It's just a unique time in history. Yeah. 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 And their history may be so short, like seven or eight years, so that may not just seem... It may be a, a, a strange concept for them, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, that's an interesting conversation. I want to give out the number again if you have a question for Debbie. Uh, we're talking with Debbie Dominguez, a marriage and family therapist who really specializes with um, uh, teens and young people, but really everyone, but really has a lot of experience in the area of anxiety. Uh, the number to call here to ask her a question, 888 2557. That's 888-52-TALKS. Now you're talking about helping uh, kids, you know, express what they're feeling because I know so many times we, we hold things in even as adults. So I know we're kind of talking about our kids and young adults, but we as adults too hold in things a lot. Mm-hmm. And give me an idea of what a, a conversation might be like. How would you even start that conversation? Because I've heard that boys and girls can be a little bit different too, in that a girl, you might say, what are you feeling? But a boy, you might think, oh, what do you, you might say, what are you thinking? Is that true or? Yeah, that's true. And that is true. How are you feeling about this? What are you thinking? Or you can even point out something that's different. Notice, you know, like I've noticed that this has been happening lately, or I've noticed that you, your, your, your facial expression seems really down. Do you want to talk about something or is there something we can talk about? But again, it's also saying I know that there's a lot of change and having kind of open conversation around like what is changing, I think. And, you know, keeping, keeping that, that door open for them to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, some kids, I know the younger ones, maybe this would be more difficult, but some kids are better with writing it down. They may not mm-hmm. want to share it. And so um, I've used the intervention of just having kids have a notebook, and if there's something they want to talk about or they're worried about, they can write it down and, and, and put, it, put it in my room. And then when, I see, then when I see the notebook in my room, I'll know wait, we're, that you have something you want to talk about. And some kids that are more timid or maybe closed off mm-hmm. um, can respond to that a little bit better because it's in their timing. That's great. You know, they even tell us, you know, as adults to write our, th- write our thoughts down because it allows our brain to just relax and <laughs> go to bed at night yeah. when you write all of your thoughts down. We do have a mm-hmm. caller, uh, um, Debbie, so I'd just like to uh, bring on the line um, Paulette from Moreno Valley. Hi, Paulette. Hi, do you have a question about your 13-year-old? Yes, I can. Um, do you have a question about your 13-year-old? I understand that. Um, yes. Yeah. This is my great-grandson. Mm-hmm. I picked him up from school last Friday, and he got in the car, and he said to me, I'm hearing voices that tell me to kill myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. And... Um, I, I was startled. I don't know what I don't know how I, to describe. I'm it. startled even just hearing that, Paulette. So, um, yes. yes, this seems like above and beyond even just some anxiety, right, Debbie? And I know you've seen some um, a lot of young people with very serious um, concerns such as this. So, what would you have to say to that? Well, I would definitely 
uh, I think if he's saying things like that, especially at 13, that it, it would be time to seek professional help for him because he he really needs to have maybe even a, a plan in place for his his uh, thoughts and his and safety. But I think for you to reassure him that um, that you're there for him and that those voices are are lying to him and that he has you know, God has a purpose and a plan for his life, and he's still discovering that, but um, that to just reassure him and, and let him know that sometimes we just need to listen and empathize, give him a hug, but I do think it's important to point out that sometimes our, our thoughts do, um, you know, they can become obsessive, and that we need to learn how to quiet them down. I think, though, that it would be good to probably have him seek professional help if that's available. Because, you know, when they actually verbalize it, it's actually nice that they say that out loud. I know as odd as that seems, right? Because it's it's kind of a reach for help, right, when they would verbalize that? Debbie? Yeah. Yeah, and he may, be just, he may be curious about it himself as far as why, why is this happening. And, um, and, you know, it's it is something that can that that's common uh, between you know the age of thirteen and nineteen. Kids will will consider it sometimes or, or think of uh, ending their lives, uh, but oftentimes it it's it's because they want relief, obviously, from something that's creating pain or distress and. There's so much pressure in school. I don't know how he's doing in school, if he's doing, if he feels like he's doing well in school or if he's struggling. Um, but I've had kids no. who are highest. How is he doing there, Paulette? quite well in school. Um, he's a nerd. You know, um, he, doesn't, he, he doesn't socialize hardly at all because uh, he's, you know, a, a book person. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's an I, introvert. I, I would like to be able to tell my granddaughter, "This is what where you need to go. This this is this is where you need to get help." Um, or at least, you know, maybe not tell her. Recommend to her uh, where to go. Something. You know. That's a good point, um, Debbie. Where does where should someone start when they have a situation like this and they think, wow, I need to get some help? Where's the best place to start? Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, my phone is cutting out. I didn't hear, I didn't hear what you just Well, said. I'm just asking, Debbie, that, that question to where can someone like you, when you're having a, a concern like this, where do you start in finding the right person to go to for help? You can well. There's a couple of options of calling maybe your local church and asking for references. You, some some therapists will offer help. Um, you know, for you know lower rates if it's expensive or if finding someone on your insurance panel. Right now, there are a lot of insurance companies are are covering mental health better than they used to. Um, there's also um, the school, you know, to ta- ask the school if they have anybody they would recommend um, to the school counselor and things like that. That would be a good place to start. Um, but what did what did you say to him when he shared that with you? 
I'm sorry. You said, why do I think he shared it with me? No, no. What did you say when he said it to you? Like, what did, at the, in the he, moment, he what happened? He said to me, he got in the car, and he said, BB, that's what he calls me, BB. Um, I've been hearing voices, and they tell me I should kill myself. Point blank. That's just how he said it. He didn't frame it any kind of way. Um, and um, I can't say that I had a um, good um, response. But finally I got myself together and I said, let's pray. Because when I don't know what else to do, I pray. That's what, that's what I do. That's what works for me. And uh, so we prayed. I, I called my prayer partner, and we prayed quite a while. Um, Did that help him? Did that seem to help kind of reassure him or calm, calm his thoughts? Um. Stop talking about it. I'm gonna see it like that. Okay. Um, I, I my my his grandmother is a psychiatric nurse. She's a licensed psychiatric nurse, and so I asked her to talk to him, and she told him just what the lady said: the voices are lying to you. Oh, good. And because yeah. um, I said, you know. Are we in danger? I want you to assess him. Mm-hmm. And are we in danger? Are, are these more than ideations? Or does he have a plan? You know, and he doesn't have a plan. So, okay, that's not good. verbalizing one. Okay, we are going to take a quick break here, Paulette, and we'll be back. We will be right back with more from Debbie. Uh, Debbie Dominguez on KPRZ and KKLA. This is Donna Rush from KKLA's Morning Rush, hosting today on Southern California Live. Well, welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm Donna Rush uh, from KKLA's Morning Rush here in uh, in Los Angeles. So welcome back to KPRZ and KKLA. And I've been speaking with uh, Debbie Dominguez. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist. And we've been talking about just uh, health, mental health concerns that have really been on the rise with all everything that's been going on over the last 19 months, health on, on the rise, health issues on the rise from, you know, all ages, but in particular really our, our teenagers, young people. Uh, there have been a lot of studies come out showing that the amount of uh, anxiety and depression has really risen uh, greatly throughout this pandemic time. So we're just giving uh, you, the listener, the opportunity if you want to call in and you have a concern or question, you can certainly bring that to us. The number is is triple eight five two eight two five five seven. That's triple eight five two talks. And shortly before the break, Debbie, we had uh, we were talking with Paulette. She was from Moreno Valley, and she was expressing concern about her thirteen year old grandson who just got in the car after school one day last week and said, "You know, hey, I'm hearing voices in my head that that tell me I should kill myself." And you, um, we, we, we did get, get to talk through that uh, quite extensively. And then you just wanted to add just a few uh, words to that on, on your recommendations on situations such as that. Yes. 
Um, I think that he opened the door to be able to check in with him, and I think it would be important to do that periodically and ask him if how he's feeling and is he still here? You know, does he still hear um, voices and um, and try to stay empathetic and and open to the answer. And it does help that she has, um, you know, a nurse in the family who understands, like, the risk assessment around, um, you know, someone who has the thoughts, the plans, and the means to, um, to, to follow through. Mm-hmm. Um, but because he does not have a plan, that's good news. Um, but I wanted to give the National Suicide Prevention yes. Lifeline phone number. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Can I yes. Do that? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So that number is 800 273-TALK, 800-273-TALK. T-A-L-K, TALK, National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Great. That's a Mm -hmm. really great resource. Thank you for uh, providing that. We do have someone else on the line uh, with a concern, and so we're going to bring in, hi, Jasmine. Jasmine Jasmine is from La Habra, and Jasmine, I understand that your daughter is suffering from something I'm not familiar with. So if you want to explain that, and then, uh, Debbie, you can address that. Hi. Welcome, Jasmine. Hi. Hi. Um, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, this is actually my first time ever calling, but um, I, I heard um, Debbie say that she specializes with um, um, with teens yes. and children. Yeah. So um, um, my daughter, she's 15 now. Um, it, just really quick, um, a little bit of history. She, um, started seeing a therapist when she was about, um, 10 and, um, she was diagnosed with, um, general anxiety and depression and, um, she's had panic attacks, taken her to the hospital a couple of times and found out that she, I think, um, it was, I think, maybe uh, four years ago where she tried uh, cutting herself, but it didn't, um, she didn't succeed in cutting herself. She just tried. Um, the doctor emergency room brought me in and had my daughter tell me. Um, she, so, so now that, um, you know, during the pandemic, she, um, you know, those symptoms got became worse and and that is when she had a panic uh her last panic attack i I believe was around um when she was attending online classes Mm -hmm. so um now she's back in school full-time um she i saw a pattern in her where she was um starting to become late like she had she's a very smart kid um, she's been an honor student, like everything, like really good in, in that area. But so she has, uh, she had started with zero period and, um, she ended up dropping it because, um, she was getting to school late, but, and take her to school, but she didn't, um, be finished on time, like getting ready. Um, and then, um, I saw the pattern and two weeks later, it was starting to, come back I'm like oh my gosh you can't miss first period you know mm-hmm. so um so she's just having a hard time that, even um, just getting ready to go and go anywhere just yes mm-hmm. and 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 I'm, I asked her what's going on and she she said that she she kept saying she hates herself um mm-hmm. I mean 
she's very thin uh, to to begin with, yeah, but she doesn't see it that way. So she she was saying she hates herself and that um, she her face is ugly and she's a beautiful mm-hmm. she's a beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. I know she's my daughter, but mm-hmm. I know she is, and other people have said it too. But, okay, so um, she's sixteen. She, she, yeah, so she's she's fifteen actually. Mm-hmm. And she uh, was recently diagnosed with um, body dysmorphic disorder. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and she has an eating disorder and generalized anxiety. Um, is she you know, in I'm a... Is she, find, okay. Yeah. Is she in, um, like, an outpatient program right now for, for the eating disorder and the body dysmorphia? Um, you know, she's not, she, what happened is that, um, so we had an appointment with an, a therapist, um, and she told us that the, that the second appointment she might refer us to a higher level of care, which she did, yeah. okay. and sent us to Chalk Hospital, but they're not taking any new patients right now. Mm. So okay. we're kind of like, okay, where are we going to so I called um, 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 our insurance, and um, I looked up the um, people that, that they referred me to. I even looked online to find uh, more therapists, but I didn't see anybody that specializes in the area that we're um, looking for. I think that's a great question, uh, Debbie, that a lot of times it is hard to find just the right person. So what is your recommendation on that? It yeah. is very hard. It really is, and it's, I, that's unfortunate. I think that um, if you have insurance, you know, to, to it, it might take a lot of calling before you get a call back from somebody. Um, and insurance companies usually, they most of them will have um, places that they will refer for this for a higher level of care, like an uh, intensive outpatient program or inpatient if necessary. Um, and so, I, I I know you called your insurance company, but they there must there has to be some other option besides uh, Chalk Hospital. And there are probably programs in your area that work with eating disorders. We do have some in in Westlake in this area um, that we refer to for um, patients that need a higher level of care. Um, and so that would be my recommendation. Also, you might want to look on Psychology Today and look up, um, that's another good search engine for people. Uh, you can plug in the, um, the, your area code and also um, the uh, eating disorder, body dysmorphia, and, and, and it, will, it should pull up the therapists in your area that actually do specialize in that. Okay, that's great. That's um, some great Great advice. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so very much and appreciate uh, you calling Jasmine so much. And uh, boy, our prayers truly go yes. out go out to you for sure. I know I, that's really difficult. You know, mm-hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy is a very, um, you know, helpful form of therapy for anxiety uh, and depression. Um, it, it just, it's about how it's about our thoughts you know we mm-hmm. we are really fortunate as as humans that we can change our minds you know about things yeah and so i would say there's you don't want to ignore the 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 the, 
the bad in the world, but we also, but we have to focus on, you know, the, the other positive things too. And I think with cognitive behavioral therapy, it, you, you use evidence, like what is the evidence for your thought right now? And you challenge those thoughts so that people can change their minds and maybe have a different, uh, they will have a different voice in their head than one that's more accurate and truthful. So let's, so, let's, let me hear an example of that. So example of this, this, you know, 15 year old girl says, I'm ugly. Right. So then you say, well, what is, what, what is the evidence for that? And she would, might say, well, I can see in the mirror that I, that, and I don't like how I look, but then you can bring it out a little further and say, well, other, when you look around people, do people treat you differently? Like you have friends, you know, every, we, we, sometimes we have a bad day, but that doesn't mean that we're ugly, right? right. Um, maybe it's just helping her have a different, um, a different quote that she might pull up to, to tell herself that today is a good day or um, I'm, you know, I'm happy with myself today. Um, I think about, you know, like people that, you know, have a bad hair day or something, right. <laughs> you know, yeah, we're something so very worried minor. about what others think. And that's yeah. another issue that with social, with social anxiety, yeah. she's kind of at an age where that's going to play into the body dysmorphia and um, comparing ourselves to other people. Mm. So, uh, you know, if you say I'm a bad person, well, what's the evidence? that you're a bad person or I've done this and that, but are you learning from the things? Are you, do you feel like you've learned from some of the decisions or things that make you think you're a bad person? Then so we're in progress. Mm-hmm. So that's the and, cognitive creative therapy. That's really interesting. We can talk about more about that in this next segment. We're going to go to a, a quick, quick break now. We'll be right back on KPRZ and KKLA. This is Donna Rush from KKLA's Morning Rush, hosting today on Southern California Live. Welcome back to 99.5 Southern California Live. I'm Donna Rush, uh, host of SoCal's Morning Rush, sitting in for this afternoon. Also, welcome to our KPRZ listeners as well uh, in San Diego. We are talking about our mental health and things going on uh, greatly on the increase, mental health issues greatly on the increase with over the last 19 months with all the changes that have been going on. My guest is Deb Dominguez. She is a marriage and family therapist practicing in Westlake Village, California. And she really specializes and sees a lot of teens and young adults, but uh, all ages as well. We've all been facing um, everything going on, yes, uh, <laughs> in different ways, right? And, you know, yeah. Deb, you even mentioned to me that that you've faced some times of anxiety during this time. I mean, none of us are immune. Yeah, nobody's immune. I think that that's why when I think about um, just the fact that it's you know God writes you know He He talks about it you know in Scripture and so I mean it's been anxiety is part of of life and 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 I was going to just bring up the fact that it's there for a purpose you know anxiety is really meant to keep us safe mm-hmm. and also it, it motivates us so when the the when we when we have anxiety, that ignites our fight, fight, or freeze response. 
and that's supposed to keep us safe in dangerous situations. Um, today, we most of the time we are safe physically, like we 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 can um, get into a safe place. It's sometimes we have to determine is this an emergency situation? Like, are my my um, anxiety centers activated right now? Am I in a safe place? Am I, or is there is it coming from nowhere? Which we do know today that. Our, our anxiety can be triggered really without anything um, necessarily happening in that moment. So um, if we know that anxiety does have a purpose, right, it's, it's meant to, it helps us uh, on tests. Usually sometimes kids can have just the right amount of anxiety that motivates them to do well on a test, to, re- to study hard for a test, that kind of thing. Um, but when it becomes problematic, it, it's when it creates avoidance. You know, mm-hmm. we start to avoid situations and, and um, people and places. Um, and so once, once that happens or we're starting to have panic attacks or um, physical symptoms, compulsive behaviors and, um, you know, a, a sleep habit disruption and things like that, that's usually when it's time to seek uh help from a professional um, to work through managing it yeah. um, differently. If you have a question, um, yes, if you have a question for Deb Dominguez uh, today, you are welcome to call in. Of course, the number is 888-528-2557. Again, that number, 888-52-TALKS. Um, we had a caller on the line just a moment ago, but uh, she she had to uh, move on. But I wanted to share with her because I think it might be something that's affecting a lot of people right now. And that is uh, this particular caller. Her daughter has been facing anxiety ever since graduating from college. And I'm just guessing that's because that's a big transition time in life anyway. Mm-hmm. And with the yeah. addition of everything that's going on, any ad- advice on on things such as that. There could be other callers, I'm sure, or listeners rather, that maybe their child just graduated from high school or, or anything where there's that big transition period in life. Yes, that's true. That is, I think one thing that helps with that is having um, the perspective of, I think, looking around us, you know, looking at people around us and realizing that, you know, the our parents before us and others have managed to find that job, you know, get into, you know, live on their own and things like that. And I think that realizing the common anxiety around that can help not help her not feel so alone about that. That there's and common, also, I like that, that there's common anxiety. She's not the only yeah. one. Yes. No, that's a really common thing to be worried about. Um, typically we're kind of, we're ready as, as we take each step. We don't always know what's, what's ahead, but I think it's important to take the next step, filling out the applications, um, going on the interviews for jobs and, and things like that to find our space. But I also think when we have a good support system, um, it hopefully gives more confidence for, to our young adults. Like if they know they have a good support system and people cheering them on, that, you know, even if they don't get the job that they were looking for, um, it's it, we it's not a failure. I think that that's what prevents a lot of, especially high achievers, once they're kind of done with school, mm-hmm. they've been this professional student for so long, 
now now that's going to be different and they have to go out into the world and so and and it just looks very different to them and it's it is scary mm-hmm. and so i think kind of empathizing with that listening and but encouraging at the same time and saying you know you can do this you yeah. you have all the tools you need and it is a scary thing but we also gain confidence when we face our fears and um it's just do the next thing the next step and then the next step becomes more clear and when you have a support system like a mom who loves her and is calling in for her like that yeah. you know that she's she she's not gonna if she falls she's got people around her to pick her up and usually we learn from those times in life when we when what we would call a failure I mean really ends up leading us to a success eventually Mm -hmm. we just can't give up some of the most successful people that we know they they fail to success. I mean, you, it takes a lot of, <laughs> it takes a lot of tries before, you know, it may look like, you know, all the overnight success stories we see. That's, it's been a long uh, series of, of, of failures and incremental learning and challenges. Some overcome, some not quite. And it's just a process. I remember one, one uh, saying, perhaps you've, you've used it before. How do you eat an elephant? <laughs> one bite, one at bite at a time. <laughs> you don't have to worry about oh, how am I going to become the president of whatever today? You know, <laughs> no, yeah, it's that at filling thing. out the application. That's an action you could do today, or what have you. <laughs> yeah, and there's hope and action. You know, mm-hmm. we there's a hope that's created when we take steps toward our goals. And um, I think with the younger kids earlier, we were talking, you know, like thinking they're going to go through this time in this pandemic and have a story to tell. But we can make it relatable to our kids by shortening the time for them. Like, remember when you were scared to go into first grade and and you you did it and you ended up loving first grade. You mm. know, um, when you get to 10th grade, you'll be ready for 10th grade. But you have to go through each grade to get there. It's sort of like when kids learn to drive, which is another, seems to be kind of a big uh, well, it's, it's definitely well. That's when the parent has the anxiety, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's true. It's true. Yes. But there's a lot of kids afraid to drive these days, yeah, or they're just worried yeah. to try. And, mm-hmm. um, but by the time they've taken their driver's permit and they've gone, you know, to driver's training, and by the time they get to their license, they're ready to take. They're ready to do it. It's just you know you have to take those. You have to face those fears sometimes to get to the next place. And um, and so teaching resilience is really, uh, resilience is definitely, I, I'm really hopeful that there will be resilience through this pandemic and people will realize how strong they really are. Um, that's, that's my big hope for this time. I love that. I think that is so true. You know, I, that resilience, I mean, this is a generation and all of us, all right, we are all in this generation. We are all one generation right now who's going through something that's just no other generation has really, really gone through. And that I think that's a great thought that the stories we will, you know, have to tell and how we will come through this together. I know that was such a hokey thing. We're all in this together. You know, it's all together, <laughs> you know, and you get kind of tired of hearing stuff like that. But in a way, it. But we are, you know, we are together in this and and, um, everyone has some, it has had an impact on most people. Mm -hmm. It's not all people. 
And um, resilience is definitely, it's really important to have to build that in life because life isn't, uh, isn't uh, easy sometimes. You know, I think we have good and we have bad and we all get a dose of each at some point or another. Yeah. So I think something that we've taken away from today and something that you said is really, really stuck with me in that anxiety is there to keep us safe. Sometimes there are reasons for it. But we can, yeah, there are reasons for it, and and it is to keep us safe. But so just to keep all things, you know, though into in perspective. Yes, I I say when we're having a like a, an abundance of anxiety, mm-hmm. I I refer to as our our, our rogue amygdala, <laughs> our rogue amygdala, which is the 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 that's in our anxiety center. That's what picks up on fear and picks up on cues and things like that. And then we can go into panic or fear. And um, when we're safe and it kind of goes off, I it, I say it's kind of gone rogue. So we have to learn how to how manage to self talk, how yeah. to manage. I think sleep and exercise and nutrition yeah. all contribute to um, maintaining and managing anxiety. Um, Debbie, sleep is really important. I have mm-hmm. enjoyed having you so very much on this program. Debbie, yeah. yes, Debbie Dominguez, marriage and family therapist from Westlake Village. You can reach her, find out some more information at debdominguezmft.com. Yeah, thank, thank you. you yes, so thank you so much. This has been Donna Rush from KKLA's Morning Rush, hosting today on Southern California Live. Thanks, KPRZ listeners, for being here. Have a great weekend. Another hour is coming up on KKLA on events happening this weekend, how to get your holiday plans and Budget started now with all the happenings going on with chain supply troubles, etc., and prices going up, and some encouragement and wise tips in the next hour. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.